Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Woolen Spinning Radio. This is Rachel as always and I can be found pretty much everywhere as well for pearls. It is May of 2018 and I would like to welcome Heidi onto the show this month. She has been with us before chatting about bast fibers and everything plant-based fiber to spin. Um, She is the genius and dyer behind Vegan Yarn and you can find her at veganyarn.com. It's not vegan yarns dot com with a s um that'll take you to a different website anyway she's veganyarn.com and i asked heidi to come back onto the show because we're in the midst of sort of this three month theme overarching theme of plant-based fibers and just exploring what plant-based fibers are and what they mean to us and um, i've been doing some spinning content for the show for patreon subscribers to share some of those explorations with you. Um, we've had some reflections in the Thoughtful Spinner about plant-based living. We've just been really kind of delving into this topic and seeing what's it all about and rummaging around in, in there. So for some of us, it's a little bit more uncomfortable. We're not really wanting to have this conversation around plant-based living. But for many of us, I think it's something that we're curious about and um, wondering, wanting a little bit more information and wanting to know why people choose all these different things that they choose in their life. And this is just one more avenue for us to explore. We talk about um, plant-based fibers, microplastics, and then of course some practical advice for how to um, begin living a more plant-based lifestyle, which is very timely because of what's going on in the media right now. So I hope you enjoy the episode. I hope you enjoy Heidi's non-judgmental and very open approach to things. I think her biggest thing is that she just wants to have a conversation, which is very much where I'm coming from. And so we really um, chat a lot about um, all of that different stuff. So I hope that you learned something and I hope that you enjoy the conversation. And please don't hesitate to comment in the uh, comment boxes below and keep the conversation going. And if you have any further thoughts, please come on over to the Slack channel and um, chime in because we all would really like to hear how we're exploring all these different fibers that we have available to spin and all these different choices that we have to make in our day-to-day lifestyle. Enjoy the show. How was Fibers West for you? It was really good. It was busy. Yeah, it was so busy. It's, it's like steadily grows every year and, and this year just felt like more it was just more everything, more people, more cool people were, stuff. People were buying more. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah really enthusiastic bunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really um I mean it was exciting to see because like to see people walking around with big bags of stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's always like mm-hmm. a total eye catch when you see someone they're heading out to their vehicle and they've yeah. got <laughs> they're loaded stuff. down with this huge thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because I saw something and they're like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, it was funny because there's so, so many people who are buying sweater quantities of yarn, like big quantities. Yeah. I'm not sure that's really been a thing at past shows, particularly. Yeah. I think that Fibers West is really, I think it's always been on the, um, sort of like guild and like it, it, like it, it brings in people that are looking for the really unique stuff because they know they're going to get something really different and unusual. And they're not necessarily going to get in their local yarn shop. Exactly. So when they, when they're there, they're like, okay, this is the time. And then they can, they can stock up. So Uh, yeah. Cause people really come to spend money. Yeah. Like it's very much about. They're not really wanting to like, I mean, the browsing is always fun. I think people always Mm -hmm. really like that, but I think, um, at this show, I feel like people come from fairly far away sometimes. Yes. They're like, okay, I've got to get what I need for the next, you know, six months to a year or whatever. Mm. And so, and that's where they're going to find it. So. Absolutely. And I think there now there, I, I, I real I, sorry, I'm stuttering. Um, I, I noticed this last year and then I really noticed it this year. Um, there's such a variety um, of stuff that people have on offer that mm-hmm. I felt like everybody had something to offer yes. people coming in. Like people were really looking at stuff and they were coming back and they were, um, meeting up with friends. But like, you know how sometimes, um, you get like that pack mentality where they kind of move yeah. from like one booth to another and it's this big yeah. pack. People uh-huh. were breaking up and they were like looking at what they wanted to see. And that to me is a testimony to the quality of, um, 
what people had in their booths mm. offered. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, people yeah. stick around and really look a little bit more and they're not just kind of glossing, glossing over things or not going in the booth at all. Cause you right. see that sometimes it shows, um, right. Where people yeah, just it, don't go in. It feels like you, there's like, um, there's like a, a max point where I think people just get overwhelmed. Yes. And they're just like, okay, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to really look at everything. So I have to kind of pace myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've seen that with some of the really big crap shows. Like mm-hmm. that's why the only, we did one and then it was like, Ooh, I feel like I'm at a mall. Right. And that, like where people just, they just gloss over and they just go like, what is all this? I can't handle this much stuff. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense actually. Cause those really big shows like down in the States and stuff. I mean, yeah. there's floors of, <laughs> of stuff right you know and people even I mean you hear other podcasters talking about sometimes where they like skipped like an entire floor because they were like there was maybe only one or two vendors they were interested in and it would just was too much to try to go and find them and like some people that can handle that and Mm -hmm. some they're like they can power through it and they're they've got a plan and they've got their map and they're like their snacks and they're like totally good to go yeah but like I feel like not everyone is prepared for that or like it can mentally or physically handle that amount of stuff. Like you hear these stories about people like fainting and like, Mm -hmm. like I see like, that's why we have um, lollipops in our booth because some people they're, they lose track of when they last eat and blood sugar just drops and you get people that are faint. (laughs) It's just just crazy. And you're dealing with such a, such a, a, a diverse crowd. Like you've got yeah. the young, the mid yeah. and like middle-aged, you've got kids and then you've got yeah. sort of the older adults that come through um, and they're all pushing themselves because they want to come and see and do, and the parents yeah. are pushing their kids because they've got probably five minutes, half an hour left. Yeah. And the kids are going to melt down. Like I can just see how everybody ends up yeah. being on a shoestring a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. There, are, there are limits, but, but yeah, I mean, I feel like people do really enjoy themselves though. Um, I know that like it's, it's definitely challenging when you've got little ones and they're mm-hmm. like not <laughs> entirely engaged, but I think um, I've seen a lot of people successfully manage shows yeah. and there are some definitely like some good things that I've seen people doing, like especially when they get their kids involved and mm-hmm. the kids have, have tried crafting. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're like a bit invested even because they're maybe looking for something to make or that their parent is going to help them put together. And then you see they're like, Oh, this is actually, this isn't just, I'm not just being dragged around. This is actually really cool. Cause that I could potentially be, you know, engaged in this and make, so I, I, I like seeing that. You definitely see that with, with, I think you can you start to see it when they're elementary school age. Yeah. I think usually, yeah, especially if they're a really crafty kid. Yeah, the, they're the they're kind of naturally drawn to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and they're interested in the spinning dem- demonstrations. They want to see the weaving and. Yeah. Or they just yeah. they're 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 those the kinds of kids that like to find out how things are done. They're really curious. Yeah. I oh, I think all kids are are naturally curious. I mean, like the the whole yeah. like school thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, for the first um for quite a few years when I was younger and and I totally absorbed that like you don't need to force kids to learn things you just uh-huh. facilitate their yeah. learning because they want to they're curious the kids are so bright, bright like, yeah. I think it's I think us it... that squash them quite a bit <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah 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 because kids are naturally they naturally want to learn and they want to learn about the world and oh, totally yeah yeah and yeah, when you go to a yarn show or, or especially something like Fibers West, where it's not just selling like commercial yarn, you get all the, the, the making that's underneath yeah. all of it. And they're really cool, like right down to the, the fiber prep and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Then they get, they, they start to think about how things are made and the clothes that they're wearing. And, mm-hmm. ah. and a show like Fibers West, because it's not just knitting. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can, like I, I you, uh, somebody said in the booth on the weekend, I think it was on Sunday cause Sunday generally, or on Saturday, sorry. Cause Friday's the first day and then Saturday's the second day and Saturday tends to be a little bit quieter. 
Although it wasn't this year. It was. Um, <laughs> it's usually kind of the slowness to it, but yeah, that was completely lacking this year. Um, but somebody said um, that Fibers West is their weaving and spinning show and Knit City yeah. is their knitting show. Yeah. And so she buys, she stocks up on her yarn at Knit City and yeah. she stocks up on her fiber and her weaving supplies at, at yeah. Fibers West. And she's somebody who's traveling from quite far away. Right. With somebody from from up in the interior somewhere and only has access to one um, LYS and quite quite a small one. Oh, okay. And I thought, you know, it's and there was quite a few Americans that came through. There were people up from Washington and Oregon, and I thought that was fantastic. Of course, their dollar goes quite far, so it makes a lot of sense to come up. Mm-hmm. And Ashford was there for the first time, so of course there was. I think there was some draw for that because people were interested in seeing all of their stuff out. They they used to. Maybe they missed a year or something, but I. Do you they, remember them being there in the past? Yeah. 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 Maybe they maybe they missed last year or the year before or something, but usually they're there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Hanson used to be there. They weren't there this year, but usually year. there. And they weren't there last year either. I don't think were they. Was it last year? I think they were there last either last year or the year before because I remember I got to try one out and that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I know they were there the year before because that was. Um, it right probably, after I had sold mine. They kind of them together after a while. I know, right? And Knit City, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I was, I, um, just to give people context, I was, me and Katrina's booth was right across from yours, which was actually kind of perfect. It totally um, was. Yeah, and it was kind of amazing. Like, you'd watch people go through yours, and then they come into uh-huh. Katrina's or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, everybody was really on the hunt for stuff. They were really looking for uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. And I noticed um, you sold quite a bit of fiber. We did. It was yes. awesome. Yeah, it was really something because this this year um, was actually our fifth anniversary for Vegan Yarn because um, awesome. we our launch was um, at, at that Fibers West five years ago. Wow. Yeah, like before that, it, we I was just running the um, an Etsy shop. Right. So it really made it thing. So when that when I first showed up with all the new yarn and fiber and stuff nobody was spinning cotton really like hardly anyone and that the only response that i typically heard from people when i had it there they were like oh cotton you can't spin that it's way too hard Mm. and and now in such a short time it was crazy like how many people not just people that had taken classes that i had taught but like friends of friends like people are passing on that knowledge or they're just going online and figuring it out. Yeah. It was amazing to see how many people were like, yeah, I'm totally going to suck up because I've been spinning this cotton and it's great. So, it's so like, awesome. Yes. Yes. It's so great. So because you run Vegan Yarn, because that's that's your, your company, um, and you made an interesting comment to me at um, Fibers West that has kind of stuck with me, and I thought maybe um, we could explore it a little bit. You oh. had said um, that in the past you had sort of had to explain to people what vegan yarn meant mm-hmm. and now you're not really having to do that anymore so there's definitely been all. a shift in the um in the in the consumer like in their <laughs> knowledge and in what they know um yeah. but i i'm really curious to know what the spiel was that you used to give or that <laughs> when people ask you like well why vegan yarn and what what is vegan yarn and what does that mean Um, Because I had a really interesting conversation yesterday outside on the front street, actually, (laughs) with somebody. Um, And they, he's a vegan and Mm. she's vegetarian. And she's trying to figure out, and like they're, they're good friends of ours. Um, Like they've, they're dog people as well. And um, so we often will, will meet up and walk our dogs together because we have, um, we all have goldens. Um, She was trying to figure out, because Dallas is always like, well, I just don't want to, I'm not going to eat dairy and I'm not going to eat eggs. Right. And she, and he doesn't eat fish at all. And she eats a little bit of fish. And so it was, a, it was, a, it was actually quite a hilarious conversation. Cause it was a, it was purely from a place of, um, uh, trying to figure out what, when and where you would use the label vegan and when and where you would use the label plant-based. And I think this is very topical right now because of what's going on in the media. Uh-huh. Um, so there are a lot, I, I can't believe the number of people I've come across who actually aren't really totally sure what vegan means. So, huh. um, I thought, yeah. huh, this is a great conversation to have. It's very topical. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think 
a lot more people are familiar with vegetarian, especially the people who were um, young adults, like college age, mm-hmm. when Diet for a New America came out. Um, and that would totally be like my my parents. Um, they were like just just married, and they they read Diet for a New America, and they were like, "Oh my goodness, factory farming!" Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and 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 it was just like this. No one really knew about this. It, like previously, it was just totally accepted that um, this beautiful idyllic farm situation was was the norm, and they and the, like this large group of people um, that are like our parents' generation just were like, whoa, okay, so this is not the case, mm-hmm. um, and we were shocked by that. And then a lot of people went vegetarian, and that was like 80s, 90s. I was gonna say that was the late 80s, wasn't it? Like yeah. sort of, yeah, because yeah. it wasn't as as early early as people think because I think I had somebody say to me the other day that that book came out in the 70s and I said actually no it didn't (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, there was some awareness like with like the hippie um age like a lot of people went vegan vegetarian and like with Mm -hmm. needles and stuff like Mm -hmm. they're they they were exposed to that um the non-violence and uh, um awareness mm, okay uh, so that's like the the like the very first sort of cycle i mean of course you can go way way back but like um uh but but for the for it hitting like the the mainstream culture um that's when you really started and then it with diet for new america people understood what vegetarian meant um and it was in it was a normal thing that people understood but vegan was still pretty fringe and and that it was kind of weird so for those people out there who don't know vegan is just vegetarian with the middle part shortened because originally vegetarian is what we call vegan now um with nothing from an animal but um there was a like a large group uh like all over the world that they would go okay well maybe that's a little bit too much for us so we're just going to cut out the the meat and that can be called vegetarian Mm -hmm. so that was the vegetarian society based in the uk and then later on they're like okay so we got to bring this back and we don't want to call it strict vegetarian like a lot of cultures they call it strict vegetarian um to mean nothing from an animal and but strict it doesn't have a nice sounding sounding so yeah they shortened it called it vegan um just to clarify that it was nothing from an animal and not just no meat kind of thing Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. yeah so what i had the idea for calling it vegan yarn um that like it was almost 10 years ago Mm -hmm. but but even then um like 2008 2009 vegan was still kind of a bad word like it was really so you had like the like punk and like post-punk kind of like edge where people like like the DIY people that were just like really um and this is not a bad thing just like really passionate but it was a turnoff for a lot of people so like there was this backlash and so when I first started there was still a lot of the backlash and negativity where people the only encounters they had had with vegans were like militant hardcore vegans which well-meaning, but mm-hmm. turning off people who didn't understand. That makes um, a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I think I think that is starting to change, but you still yeah. encounter that really militant. Yeah. Yeah. You should. Although you should. it's funny because yeah. the the militant side that I see more now, or like the really hard, strong feelings, are the people that that have experienced. Um, being spoken to unkindly by vegans um so now it's like going the other way (laughs) so they're like i have been badly treated by a vegan and now i'm totally turned off by it and i'm going to like unload my feelings Mm -hmm. um which like that was that that's what i experienced early on but um at the same time it was strong feelings coupled with what really is going on so i did find that there was an immediate like oh i could never you know do that and I've been hurt by vegan people who were like saying mean things to me and making me feel judged mm-hmm. um, but there was also this genuine curiosity so I'd get a little bit of this like kind of strong come on like what the heck is vegan yeah. <laughs> and then I just be like okay a lot of this is coming from a place of fear or hurt yes. um, not understanding or being offended or thinking that they're feeling judged and I'd be like okay First of all, like, I'm going to just 
like put forward, I totally don't judge people. Um, That's not where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. But here's here's like if you really want to know, here are some resources kind of thing. And then but but mostly I would just explain really basically like it's just uh, fibers, uh, plant based fibers and nothing comes from an animal. And I don't use any kind of animal products all through the process. Like it's not um, in the dyes or in the fiber um, or any anywhere in between. Like I wouldn't buy a spinning wheel that had leather on it. Right. Right. I, I don't use cochineal or lac, like um, insect based mm-hmm. um, natural dyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it kind of follows through the whole the whole way. Like people have a, it, that's where the the confusion comes in. It's like where. Is it not not vegan? Because the question often is, but they're not killed to get the fiber, um, so they're still they're still thinking in that vegetarian side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And where where the line in the sand for them is? Exactly. Yeah. And everyone's gonna have a different line. <laughs> everyone's yeah. gonna have a different threshold. Absolutely. And I and and uh, I think where we can where all of um, people can get along better is is respecting that everyone's going to have a different line. Mm -hmm. Um, But just helping to facilitate if you're, if you're wanting to encourage someone to, to move that line Mm -hmm. uh, just to like when just waiting for the curiosity to come up and then um, supporting that with, with some like good fact-based information. Yeah. Yeah. One, I don't think when you're talking about, um, because there's two conversations I'm I'm finding in my experience. Yeah. There's there's the the animal rights stuff, and mm-hmm. there's the um, that whole conversation and how animals are treated. Because mm-hmm. I think in the spinning world in particular, many of us are very aware of um, how the animals are treated, and I don't think I think a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of where their fleeces are coming from and where their fibers coming from. And, you know, I was having a great, I had a great conversation with somebody in our own guild actually a couple weeks ago about the fact that like she financially will never be able to have a multi-generational flock. Mm. Uh, She's a shepherdess on her own. Her husband um, um, is no longer with her. Um, He, he passed away unexpectedly a few years ago. Um, and so she has to think about her life in terms of like, you know, finances and, and, um, the bottom line and all that. So what she does is she keeps her flock small Uh so that her older, um, um, ewes can have a good life when they don't have, when they're, when they're finished um, breeding, but she only has a couple of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, you know, so for her, it's been like trying to find that balance. So then, you know, if she has a fleece and Mm -hmm. and I can buy one from her and financially support her, like for me personally, where I am in my journey, I would absolutely do that. Yeah. Because I feel like she's trying to make sort of the best of the situation and also being very aware. And Um, respectful to the animals. Yeah. Exactly. And that, and, and, and like I was having a conversation with another one of my friends, part of, the problem and I don't know I put problem in like quotes and I think many people in our community will sort of resonate with this these animals have been bred to be sheared yeah so we would be causing them a lot of distress if we didn't shear them mm-hmm. but there's also other issues around how they're treated how mm-hmm. the shearing process is done and then of course you know breeding for for the meat and, and um, dairy side of things oh, yeah. and how you feel about that and where you sort of mm-hmm. fall on the spectrum of all of that Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think ha- having, getting some of this sort of out there a little bit more and having more of a respectful, like having a respectful conversation that's like, you know, just like has to happen. Yeah. But then on top of that, sort of looking at the different sides and really trying to understand, like, why would I choose to move away a little bit more from wool? What are the pros and cons? Why would I choose maybe in some instances to go toward wool? And mm-hmm. to choose wool. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A lot. I think it's not ignorance. I think people no. are not ignorant at all. I think that la- there's a lot of misinformation or lack of information. Um, and there's some assumptions that that um, have been made along the way that people just aren't fully aware of. Um, yeah. And I think people are super curious. Like they want to know. But it, sometimes it's hard to filter through all the BS. 
Yeah, and for every one person saying one thing, it feels like there's an equal number of people saying the opposite. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I unfortunately got into it with my sister-in-law a couple of weeks ago, and and I know I know better, and I was able to realize right away that she didn't actually want to have a conversation. She wanted to mm-hmm. tell me how she felt. Right. And, and that's good. Like sometimes you need that outlet, right? Like I realized right away that she actually just needed a sounding board. Well, I right. can do that. I can be that yeah. person. It's not going to cause any bad blood between us. Um, <laughs> mostly, I think, because we're really close, and I, I know that feeling. Yeah. Um, but she was saying, like, uh, um, you know, like she sort of wanted to voice her opinions and wanted to sort of, um, um, she wanted me to agree with her. Uh-huh. And and that that's a tough that's part of the journey too, right? And that's part of somebody like you, you kind of want that validation from others that what you're saying and what you believe and what you think is, mm-hmm. is valid. But you um, can't force people to think the same way that you, exactly. this is not going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. So when you're talking about, so there's no animals um, that are affected or used in the process of, of, the yarn and whatnot. So then with some of the fibers that are out there, especially the man-made fibers, I'm kind of talking a little bit more in like generality because I'm hoping that this can be sort of more of um, starting to help people to um, uh, educate themselves about some of the fibers that are out there. Yeah, totally. Because I had seen on a forum and I can't remember where I stumbled across it on Ravelry, but it wasn't in, in the woolen spinning group. It was somewhere else. Somebody was talking about um, like microfiber and the and and microplastics and nylon and a whole bunch of other stuff and they kind of all like they had they used all these words, yeah. And this one forum post and it was really hard to uh, suss through it all and kind of figure out like what what was the microplastics, what was causing the microplastics, where they're coming from, what mm-hmm. fibers we need to be aware of in terms of causing microplastics because that's been something that keeps coming up again and again in our group. Is um, and I think again, it's a lot of misinformation because there's so much information out there. Yeah. Um, are you able to help clarify some of that? Yeah, I'm by no means the expert when it comes to environmental impact um, mm-hmm. with microplastics, but I, I'm just knowing what I know about about uh, fibers, I could I could easily tell you where you'd find them and where you wouldn't. Awesome. Um, so just because something is quote unquote man-made um, doesn't mean that it's a microplastic. Mm-hmm. So you can get um, plant-based and still biodegradable synthetic or synthesized fibers. Um, and then you get the ones that are actually like oil-based plastics. So to make it really um, kind of break it down, um, if you've ever had one of those uh, compostable, clear, plastic-looking cups yep. or takeaway containers. Those are made often with Ingeo or some other um, some other brand name. But it's it's basically it's a it's a it's a plant starch-based plastic. So it's called plastic, but it's not an oil-based plastic. So you could stick mm. it in the ground; it'll it'll break down. Mm. So are, are less of an issue. There's still an impact for sure. Um, but they're not going to be sticking around for ridiculous amounts of time like an oil-based plastic will. Right. So personally, I would say rule of thumb, if you can afford it, avoid all oil-based plastics as much as you can, mm-hmm. uh, like nylon and acrylic, polyester, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be that comfortable or, or fun to use anyways compared to um, natural fibers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's it's for those people who really like nice fiber it's not that hard of a sacrifice totally yeah yeah so then what do you say to the people who are diehard nylon fans for their socks because that's a thing yeah yeah it's a hard one i mean the sock yarn that i have still has elastic in it but it's not um like it's not a significant amount it's like 10 12 percent of the whole thing um there's always like these areas where we haven't quite figured out alternatives. Mm-hmm. So, but they're coming. I feel like a lot of these things are coming because awareness is there. Um, so we kind of just do the best we can, right? Yeah, and one of the things that I had read um, recently about about the impact of nylon was if because we don't really have a great alternative at this point, is um, there was a couple of of tips and tricks. But one of the things was not to throw it away. So to try to reuse it. So when that when that pair of socks wears out in whatever place on the sock, that to mm-hmm. to learn how to darn and learn yeah. how to fix your socks. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. The other yeah. thing was to rip it out and to reuse uh, that yarn. Yeah, totally. Um, Cause you'll probably end up with a couple of different smaller balls. You can make scrappy socks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, have, if you have these oil-based plastic type things, keep using them until yeah. like totally done because they're, they're quite likely going to be around for hundreds, if not more years. Right. So, so yeah. hang on to them. Yeah, totally. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of the other tips that I read was using nylon thread to knit along with your, mm-hmm. your yarn or your hand spun or whatever it is that you're using. Mm-hmm. And then when you rip it out, re like pull, like reharvest that yarn back, that right. thread back. Yeah, totally. Know, because um, then you mm-hmm. can buy nylon free thread mm-hmm. or nylon free yarn, sorry. And then mm-hmm. use your nylon thread only in the places you need it in your heels and toes. Um, right. And then you can obviously repurpose it after because it's probably not going to have a hole in it when your socks have a hole in it. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be the last thing. <laughs> yeah, that's going to go, right? Yeah. And I yeah. loved that yeah. idea because usually we only put them, especially with the number of people doing afterthought heels now, mm-hmm. it would be very easy to rip that out and to re, oh, re, totally. re, you know, pull that thread out. Right. You know, you think, oh, no, it's going to be a tangled mess. But really, it's slippery. It can pull right out. It's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, if you're... I mean, it's it's different when you're working with plant-based because um, there's not really a whole lot of stretch happening to begin with, so you, mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit trickier. But yeah, if you're working with wool fiber, you can also just question whether you need to reinforce it that much. Exactly. Do you know? like <laughs> yeah. if it, you know if if you don't absolutely abhor mending, um, it's just something that I feel like. It, we just need to get used to doing. I mean, people have been doing that for hundreds and thousands of years before. Um, and it's only a recent thing where we started just being like, Oh, it has a hole in it. I'm going to throw it away because buying a new thing is so cheap. Um, but we don't, we only think of the the financial side of that. It's not cheap environmentally to, to throw things away. It's not cheap. Um, it's, it's not free. Definitely. I mean, we only have um, so many resources that we can, use and there there are way more of us on the planet so just yeah consider consider just um repairing things a bit more and and using them and whether or not you even really need these things that you that you think that you kind of automatically believe that you need absolutely have you um noticed in your journey at all because this is something that's really started to happen to me and it's um, it's going to impact the, the podcast. So it's something that I'm very much thinking about um, or I have been thinking about for the last um, six months or so. Uh, when you start to shift your mentality and you um, don't necessarily and you, you're actively trying to seek a simpler life in terms of your material possessions, mm-hmm. I've actually found that I haven't wanted to make as much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to create as much um, as I did because that means that then it'll be finished and I'll have to make something else. Right. So of course there's not as much like making for the podcast to talk about. Um, But it's sort of an interesting shift because like in the past I was always making, like I always had tons of cast ons at once. Like I was always working on many, many projects at once. Um, I always had lots and lots of stuff on my wheels, tons of bobbins so that I had, could have multiple spins going at once. Right. And um, that's been a huge shift for me. Uh-huh. not wanting to have so much stuff. So therefore right. I don't really want to make as much. So I've been fighting off much more complicated projects that take uh-huh. a lot longer right? or have multiple steps. So there might be weaving involved. There might be, so like spinning to, to weave or there might be sewing involved. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah. It sounds just a lot like slowing down as well. Slow baking. Yeah. The yeah. Slow, slow movement. I, I totally can identify with that. Um, in my earlier years as a knitter, I, when I, I, I really got a lot of inspiration from going to knit night and I really loved it. And I found that inspiration. I would, I would, I felt, I felt like I couldn't keep up with what I wanted to make. And it was always like, yes. Oh, I got to make that. I got to make this. I got to make that. And um, exactly what you mean. And it's yeah. like, it's a good feeling, but it's also, it's a really manic and exhausting feeling over time. Yeah. Um, and it can kind of take over. Um, and I think a lot of that, that mentality comes from just that wanting, always wanting that next thing and not really being completely present with the project that you're working on. And like this, 
this is really like a psychological thing, um, an emotional thing. I think being content with what you're currently working on can mm. really bring you a lot of happiness and, um, and slow you down for sure. Yeah. And it's so hard in our society and in our culture to do that because we're always on to the next thing when we're still yeah. on the current thing or even on something and looking two or three steps ahead, you know, like, you know, how many people will tell you that they're planners and they say it proudly because mm-hmm. it's valued in our society and our culture that, that, that we are always looking to the future and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Mike and I make plans as well, mm-hmm. um, but we get so caught up in it, don't we? Yeah, we do. And, and yes, it's good to look forward and plan, but if you're, if you're like living in that state of always looking forward, um, you don't actually get to stop and be like, Oh, I actually just really like this right here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think that slowing down, um, for me, it came from realizing that all these projects that I'm seeing, it's not like I'm competing with this one other person to keep up with them. I'm looking at everyone's projects and wanting to keep up with all of it. And that's just ridiculous. Like how long did it take for that one person to make that one thing that I really like, um, that I want to make one of, um, and realizing that I'm only one person. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make all of these things. I should just chill out and enjoy what I am working on and appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And the and the materials that you're working with, because huh. we've been having a lot of conversations in the on the um, podcast because it's live streamed now. So of course, there's a lot of like conversation that happens in the show that otherwise wouldn't normally happen. It's cool. And one of the topics that keeps coming up again and again is is wheels, right? And the investment mm-hmm. that is a spinning wheel. Totally. And um, I literally just had a conversation about wheels just a couple of days ago and with a couple of the community members. And it's like you've got all of this invested in your wheel, whether it's your time to have found it, the time that you've spent to learn how to use it, the money that you spent to buy it, the maintenance, all that different stuff. And then the, 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 the fiber and what you've, the planning of the project and everything. And then to get it on the wheel for example and now you've got all this spinning to do and maybe you've got knitting to do after or maybe weaving after or crochet and you're already thinking about your next project um that's yeah. very much what what I was feeling was that like frenzy yeah. of I'm I can't even enjoy what I've spent all this time and energy on because I'm already going to the next project yeah mm-hmm and it's a, it's a, it starts out like this positive excitement, right? Yes. You're thinking, yeah. oh my goodness, this is so awesome. And it kind of becomes too awesome. Yeah. You're just like, <laughs> I can't handle this. It's too much good stuff. And it's true what they say, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Yes. It's like, you gotta, you gotta rein it in sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much out there in terms of product and so much to engage in and to buy, um, that it's easy to fall into that. Well, I'm not making as much as I want to, so I'm going to keep purchasing. I'm going to keep buying, and that'll give me that same feeling that I'm yeah. uh, that I'm still and engaged. It's, it's not even about the project anymore. It's about the feeling that you get when you're starting the project, and that's I think if if, if you really start to look at that, then you realize um, where you're at in that um, that place, like the wanting the feeling of the new project is the starditis, right? Yeah. The starditis. I was literally just thinking about that. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting. Hey, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about vegan cashmere. Can we talk about yes. that for a minute and what that actually is? Cause I'm spinning some right now and, um, it's lovely stuff. I have that yellow, the yellow and, um, Jess and Mari had come into the booth cause of course we're all, we're all friends and, um, they bought, a braid of it as well and they're going to do the same thing that I've done they're going to combine it with some other fiber and right. um play with it a bit so they'll yeah. have lots and lots of yardage to make some big projects yeah and I've been really enjoy spinning it enjoying spinning it and it was what I was spinning at fibers west for the demo and it was kind of funny because I was spinning along and I knew exactly when I'd get to because I hackled it I combined it with the other fiber cool and uh it was really fun to do actually and it was funny because I knew when I would get to the points where it was just pure cashmere, the, the vegan um, cashmere, because it has a very, very different feel. Yeah. And it spins very differently. It takes a lot of twist. Okay. Um, yeah. And it, it really has a, a beautiful sheen. 
yeah, maybe we could talk about that. Yeah, I was going to say, don't get too excited about it because <laughs> it's discontinued. Oh, no. um, it's it's one of those microplastics. Yeah, um, I thought it was. Early, sorry to say, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be doing any more of it. Um, I don't think, at least, I, I, it's. I've always kind of had conflicted feelings on it. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. felt like it was kind of this nice bridge between um, the really lofty wool rovings and the plant world and the veganness. Um, and yeah, early on, I was just like, well, this is really great. It'll like help bring people over to trying other things. But it's it's a microplastic, right? It's one of those. Yeah. It's it's plastic. Um, so I mean, it it does kind of cover a bit of that area where you can blend it, and then you can make socks and stuff. Um, but it so, has a huge butt. It's a big butt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I appreciate yeah. your honesty about it because I I was pretty sure that was the case. Yeah. Um, and it has a certain feel to it, so it definitely has sort of that feel. But mm -hmm. I also really um have appreciated uh trying a different fiber. You know yes. what I mean? Like like knowing that it's out there because it's not like mm -hmm. it's gonna be it's not it's it's not gonna be stopped. They're not gonna stop producing it. Um, so as the consumer and as somebody sort of at the other end, it's sort of, at least you can go in with your eyes wide open and say, well, this would be one of those, um, um, fibers that I'm, I'm going to make sure that I use to its sort of last breath and not throw out, right? Yeah. Not waste it, really maximize it. Um, <laughs> and in this case, it's going to be a three ply sock yarn. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm really I'm not hard on my socks at all, so they'll last for basically forever. But um, that's an interesting um, thing because you know, as a business owner, like you know, to be ethically um, conflicted yeah. like that and to sort of not know. <laughs> yeah, I well for me, like earlier on, it was more about the vegan side, and I wasn't like I I've always felt some level of environmental responsibility for sure. Um, but that has really expanded for me in the last few years and um, I could no longer feel okay with that one um, because my my criteria was before was is it vegan then yes and now right. it's kind of moving is it vegan and is it sustainable or better um, because I think sustainable is like to me I'll just put this in here. Um, sustainable is the lowest possible level of what we need right now. Mm -hmm. um, it needs to be a very least sustainable, if not better, like regenerative. Um, yes. Since we've already dug ourselves into a hole, we need to do really, we need to do a lot better. Um, yeah. And that, and that is, is part of the reason why I'm dropping it. And, and it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm dropping it and it, there's a hole there. Um, I am going to be bringing in a lot of new different fibers that are a lot better. Good. So, so yeah, um, it, it's not going to be like gone and then, and then there's going to be no alternatives really. Um, but I'm just kind of, I'm moving on from that. That's awesome. Yeah. Can I, can I ask what some mm. of the alternatives would be? Yeah. So for a while there, it looked like soy silk might, be kind of gone off the map entirely um oh, okay. but tentatively it looks like it's back um i'm still waiting for it from the supplier but it sounds like i think one mill might have dropped it and they were they were supplying a lot of different um companies so mm -hmm. you saw it disappear really quickly um but i think it's coming back <laughs> fingers crossed mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm trying to bring back the the Remy and um some hemp and linen things like that mm -hmm. Uh, what else? The uh, the carbonized bamboo is really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's really nice to blend. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it has a nice um, sheen to it. It's got a lot of um, advantages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to put with yeah. other things. Yeah, I'm still looking for um, the bast bamboo. Um, mm -hmm. If anyone knows of a source of bast bamboo fiber, tell me, please uh, send me an email at info at veganyarn.com because I really want to know. Yeah. Uh, I've been looking and looking and looking. It's, it's some of these things, it's not that I'm not interested. It's that sourcing can be a major um, challenge. Right, right. Are there other people out there looking for this stuff as well? Or is the um, is it pretty a pretty small, small market? Um, it's not the, it's definitely not the biggest market, but I think that, um, 
it kind of, it's a bit of half and half. Like mm. I think more people would use it if it was available. And then the people who are looking are just like, well, I haven't found any, so I guess it's not available. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with the Ramey and, and some of the other, like the linen and hemp and stuff mm-hmm. to find reliable sources for that would be huge. Cause I, yeah. I know there's a thirst out there to spin. Yes. Definitely. And, and not tow, not just tow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, some really nice, like long line. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that's definitely something that I, um, I just love. I, I never thought I would love spinning ah. those fibers as much as I do. Yeah. yeah. They're challenging. So it's harder to go on to autopilot. And mm-hmm. I think um, there's something really rewarding about that as you get further into your spinning mm-hmm. um, career and in, in your in your skill to mm-hmm. being able to really engage with the spin and have to be really present with it. And I, with mm-hmm. a couple of Um, one of the ladies in the workshop that I took back in the summer, she said to me, yeah, you have to really create every single yard. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Work hard at this. This, this is, yeah. Yeah. So when you're talking about hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of yards, it's like, yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. And you're really proud of it at the end. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Where it was prime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Exactly. Um, we've been, so the, um, the, 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 I created themes for this year. So, um, three month, four, three month themes. So the, um, theme that we're in right now from, uh, April till June is, um, plant-based. Cool. Yeah. So everything, all the content that's going out and everything that we're talking about is plant-based. Um, so if you were, um, maybe chatting with somebody in your booth at a festival or if you ran into somebody on the street who said, oh, I'm a knitter or, oh, I'm a spinner. Um, what would you say to them about just plant-based in general? Like not, not just vegan yarn, but just in okay. general, like what would you say to them about engaging in, in the plant-based fibers and, and in the plant-based yarns around things to think about, um, positives and negatives? Um, and sort of some of the stuff that's out there for people to, to explore. We, we just listed some of them just now, the hemp and the Ramey and stuff, but um, what are some of the things that somebody who's new to plant-based fibers maybe wouldn't know? Okay. You um, can go anywhere with that. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I can go anywhere. Just run with it. Um, I, find, <laughs> I often find myself just doing Q&A with people. They're like, yeah. I tried this and, and it didn't work very well. Like, am I doing it wrong? And that's usually when I'm answering those questions. Um, uh, so the, a really common one that I get is with bast fibers and how the heck do I get it to, to spin up nicely? Because it's right. just like, it's like trying to... It's just not cooperating. Yeah, I always feel like the bass fibers are a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, know? Cause you yeah. want them round and smooth, but they don't necessarily yeah. just do that for you. Oh. It, it, like when you get it and it's in the top or it's in the whatever format that you've got it in, it's not ready yet. That's what um, that's what I that's why I usually have to um, explain is that it's it, it's not like it's um completely prepped and, and ready for you just yet. It's close, but not there yet. So um, what I usually explain is you want to take a length that's about the length of your hand and then break it off and open it up. So what, how you open it up is that you just gently tease it with your fingertips and draw it uh, out uh, widthwise. And what you're doing is you just create um, like a, a tissue sized and shaped piece like you're drawing it out into a flat uh, square um so when you're when you normally just have this like cord kind of chunk you want to draw it right out and make it into this nice fine web of fiber so it's not all clinging together to itself because that's usually where the the problem happens is that it's all stuck together so you have to kind of tease it out a bit until you've got this nice light airy tissue and then you turn it a little bit so that it's a diamond and then you spin off of the edge mm-hmm. and that will just open it up and you get that when you're taking a spinning classes and stuff they say that that triangle that working area yeah. you've you already got that started it's just quite a bit bigger mm-hmm. so you're just opening it up, up so that you're prepped for that and then it kind of just it just cleaves off of the edge 
and not so much fear. That's like my number one, like, what the heck? I don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah. question. Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. What would you say to somebody who's never worked with these yarns before in terms of how they behave? Mm. It's a lot like vegan cheese. Don't <laughs> go in expecting it to taste like regular cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah. If you go in with with no expectations, you will be amazed and full of wonder and enjoyment and pleasure. If you go in expecting it to behave like an animal fiber, you will be disappointed. Right. Um, it's just different. It's not it's not like tofu where it's treated like this substitute thing mm-hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. It's entirely different and it has its own history and feel and requirements for for tension, things like that. So if you go beginner total like beginner's mind on it and just enjoy it for what it is and, and learn how to work with it the way that it, it likes best, then you'll have a really awesome time with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great actually um a piece of advice because you can't expect it to do the same because the properties of the actual fibers is very different. Yeah. 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 And so part of going in with a beginner mindset is going in and being an open vessel in terms of learning, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. learning and it, about some of yeah. that. And it'll make you a really good spinner. Yes. <laughs> so oh you're my goodness, be, yes. It's, it's so different and they are, and they are all widely different from each other in terms of plant-based fibers for spinning there's very very little similarity between them so each time you approach a new one it's all like a totally different story all over again so it'll it'll um it'll get you practicing things that you may not be as familiar with like learning to spin from the fold or doing long draw or that technique that making the tissue piece like I was talking about with with fast fibers like you'll learn all these cool techniques that will make you a good spinner across the board Absolutely. I totally agree with you about that. And my last question, and I'll let you go because I'm cognizant of the time. If, um, if somebody came to you and said that they're interested in pursuing a more plant-based lifestyle, um, they're not necessarily interested in becoming a vegan at this point, but they're definitely interested in moving in that direction. What are some of the things that they can do right now that would move them in that direction? Uh, so like, is that food? In general? Yeah, or, in general, okay. like in, like lifestyle. Yeah. So getting away yeah. from like knitting and spinning, but just in general, mm-hmm. I'm sure you get asked this all the time in sure. real life. But um, uh. yeah, what what are some of the things that people could do? Mm-hmm. Um, just be prepared to to try so many new and interesting things that um, it, it's really an adventure and a journey. Um, and don't be afraid of making mistakes or sticking mm-hmm. with the rules, um, but just enjoy the exploration of it that you're that don't think of it as giving up things but of taking on new things Um, it's a lot easier for us to accept new and wonderful things into our lives than it is to have things taken away from us and if you're just replacing old things with new um healthy things that um that that sense of abundance and well-being will just like take over and it's a wonderful feeling Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm I would really agree with that. I think that's a really good way of approaching it. Mm. And then practically, what are some things could, that people could do? Um, if you're not into cooking, definitely give that a try. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and go to, go to go to grocery stores that you've never been before, especially um, like international grocery stores where there's different and and unusual things, because that's where you're going to find a lot of really neat plant-based stuff. Because so many cultures around the world are also very plant-based mm-hmm. and it's really the, the Western culture that is so um, animal product heavy. Um, so if you move outside of, of Western food and Western culture, you really find some, some pretty great stuff. Absolutely. I would really agree with that. Yeah. One of the things that um, really helped us was um, um, having uh, starting to buy different milk. So we, mm-hmm. we kept our cow's milk, but we had two other choices in the fridge at all times nice. for the first yeah. little while. Mm-hmm. And then the kids could choose. And nice. when they stopped choosing the cow's milk, mm-hmm. and, they, and they each developed their own taste buds and their own favorite uh, milk. So, like, you know, Nora liked the blue one. James liked the, nice. the, um, the purple one. Yeah. Um, 
then they were sort of starting to um, uh, move away from sort of wanting some of the, so what I would call like the traditional fare. Yeah. Um, and that really helped with uh, transitioning the kids was just giving them, like increasing their choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And we try to limit their choices to two or three things at a time, just because otherwise it's overwhelming for kids. <laughs> that are so as young as ours because mm-hmm. um, you know Jane, Nora was only three when we were in transition but um, we just increased their choices so that they um, felt like they had a bit of control mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it wasn't being forced upon them James was was driving a lot of it because he wanted he didn't want to eat um, animal products anymore anyways yeah um, but he so he wanted to try all these different things but having the kids on board really helped because they yeah. um, uh, they got to pick yeah. a lot of stuff and try try things yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I think that's really good advice to just take your time and find the things yes. that you like it, it's not I mean a lot of people uh, will go plant-based or vegan overnight um and then yeah, um, they go cold turkey so but that's not always the greatest choice for everyone everyone's going to approach it in their own way and like your personality um will make a huge difference with that um yep. so not and and even positive change is stressful and if if you want to really stick with it and it means if it means a lot to you um it's really it's really gonna help you stick with something if it's a gradual change and and you form new habits over time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i love the like meatless monday kind of idea Mm -hmm. um maybe a friend of mine what she did was she went um animal product free for her breakfast yeah. And then once she kind of felt like she got yeah. on top of that and had lots of diff- lots of choices and lots of things, then she went animal product free for lunch. And then, mm-hmm. you know, she went more and more and more plant based, but didn't put that pressure on herself to make those changes overnight. And certainly not when she was out of the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's there's some wisdom there because yeah. um, that it's it's enough uh, if you're starting to think more and more about um meal planning and and alternatives Mm -hmm. at home and then to have to go out into the world it can be a little bit daunting at first yeah yeah and and um and as you go along just try to stay inspired like um yeah find places that you like to go to um that have options or even maybe it's a vegan or vegetarian restaurant that you like Mm -hmm. um just or like maybe occasionally watch a documentary or something um or just hang out with people that um, that encourage you and don't discourage you. Yeah. Just find ways that help you to feel like you're 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 on the right track and and, mm-hmm. and it, that um, avoid some negativity that you might get. That really is often just um, it's just it just hesitancy um, in a negative way. Like sometimes people want to be supportive and they are well meaning, but they might um, come off sounding quite discouraging um and just like just be patient with those people and and um they they will accept you over time even really um against it at first absolutely i would i would really agree with that yeah yeah Yeah. thank you so much heidi for taking the time out of your day um maybe do you want to just quickly tell people where they can find you Mm-hmm. So you can find Vegan Yarn at veganyarn.com. That's www.veganyarn.com. And I'm on Ravelry. We've got a group uh, at the Vegan Yarn fan club. So if you've got any stuff you want to share, some projects you've been making, we'd love to see it there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I didn't know you had a Ravelry group. So yeah, that's good to know. And are you on Instagram? I am vegan yarn is the handle. Um, it, yeah, on Twitter, Instagram, a whole bunch of things. If you just search vegan yarn, we're there. It all comes up. That's fantastic. Thanks, Heidi. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that that was enjoyable and that you enjoyed our conversation and enjoyed listening. Um, If you have any questions or comments, please don't hesitate to comment below. And until next time, happy spinning.